Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Kylie Merritt, the founder of AusBiz. Our goal at AusBiz is to provide you with news and information you can use to make better investment decisions, whether it's live, on demand, in the newsletter, or a podcast like the COB. We make it available at no cost to you. The bigger our audience, the more we can invest in great content. So I have a favour to ask. If you could take a minute to leave a review of the COB in the Apple Podcast app, it'll help us grow. And of course, don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at osbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. From Barangaroo Studios, the Osbiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Hello, hello. It is the 7th of May. This is the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. The final episode for this week. Scotty, how was your Friday? Sounds so definitive. The final episode of the week. Uh, it was good. It was a bit of a sleepy uh, square up before payrolls. But uh, look, uh, look, modest gains. Uh, we'll take it. Yeah, I think it's uh, the mark has been positive. Four out of the five sessions this week and uh, we've had a lot of news flow not only on the corporate front which we'll get to in just a minute but also in terms of monetary policy here ahead of the u.s non-farm payroll report that we are all looking out for tonight uh the statement of monetary policy today what are the big takeaways uh it wasn't earth shattering put it that way uh but Incrementally, the RBA is getting more hawkish in its, to- in its tone now. Yeah. Uh, at this stage, it's still holding the line when it comes to its uh, no, pledge to go and keep the cash rate change until at least 2024 uh, because it wants to see those, those actual economic-based outcomes before doing so. But uh, you can sense that the, uh, the balance of risk is skewing to the upside for the economy, and that's starting to go and filter through to the, uh, to the bank's commentary. Lots more discussion about inflation in this sum compared to those of the past as well. So one thing to go and keep an eye on at the moment. So uh, no real change at this stage. There was no great market reaction, uh, but uh, certainly uh, the language is getting more optimistic, fitting with what we're seeing in the economy. Yeah, and that was going to be my exact point. I think you know me well. Uh, it would be weird if there wasn't any softening in some hawkish tones uh, from the uh, from the Reserve Bank because yeah. you know the economy is looking really good. Yeah, I mean, well, it's it's the data we got this week was strong. It's forecasting an unemployment rate of four and a half percent, which of course we found out uh, in the Tuesday in the statement of uh, monetary policy statement. Uh, but wage pressure starting to go and build as well, only gradually at this stage, with 2.25% forecast by the middle of, uh, of 2024, uh, sorry, 2023, I should say. Uh, inflation slowly picking up as well, the same kind of rate expected for underlying over that period of time. So it just incrementally, the RBA is, uh, is starting to go and tilt. Now, uh, it's going to be a big test of the RBA, I reckon, over the next, uh, next few months. Uh, of that uh, no narrative about the uh, the cash rate and everything else because I think there's going to be some super hot numbers. Mm-hmm. So, what are you expecting from the farm non farm payroll report tonight in the states? 
the markets, uh, economists have been uh, grossly underestimating the uh, the pace of the recovery, just as they grossly underestimated the size of the plunge back uh, back this time last year. I would not be surprised in the slightest to see well north of one and a half million, maybe a lot more than that. Uh, looking at what's going on with the uh, initial jobless claims out uh, last night and a huge decrease there. Yeah. You put the, uh, the stimmy checks in place, you put in a warmer weather in place, uh, you put the vaccine rollout uh, in place. To me, it just smells like it's going to be an absolute rip snorter. Mm-hmm. So I guess I should have asked what will the market reaction be if that's the case. If it shoots to the upside, if it uh, comes in really hot, mm. uh, because there has been so much expectation of that potentially baked in, do you think we will still see you know, swift, sharp market reaction? Because nothing seems to be getting uh, financial markets too excited this week. Yeah. Um, the Fed's done its best to try and make it run comatose, but uh, this could be. This is one of those events where it could go and change the narrative very quickly. Uh, how will they react? I suspect that uh, there'll be, the focus will be on that uh, the job uh, growth that's, uh, that's reported during the month. I suspect that we see a big number there and we see big declines in the unemployment rate and the underemployment rate, the U6 rate, mm-hmm. I reckon that will be enough to go and get uh, you know, the markets quite spooked about the prospect of an earlier tiny, certainly an earlier tapering of asset purchases because uh, the Fed keeps banging on about uh, having to see significant progress uh, towards its objectives. If uh, that happens in one instant, wowee, uh, there's going to be a big recalibration. Right. Well, we're still talking in what ifs right now. So let's get to what we know from the equity performances this week. I mean, we saw a lot of pressure coming through on the likes of Flight Center and Webjet earlier in the week. But uh, today, Friday, looking pretty good. And that's despite the travel bubble being paused and despite COVID in Sydney. So interesting moves there. We've got as well Temple think- and Webster, though, today, making up some lost ground from earlier in the week. Yeah. What were you going to say? I just think it's a so – Goldman's was out with a note talking about so I know there's some, uh, some optimism there. I still think it's the way to overvalue these travel companies, given the uncertainty that exists, yeah. with, especially with that international border. But uh, it's funny that – I wouldn't want to be holding a short position in one of those growth names that's been absolutely hammered this week into payrolls. Because if you do get like a weak number, yeah. you just know the NASDAQ's going to moon. Absolutely. Um, so just back to some of the stock moves that was a thematic this week. A lot of the pressure coming through on buy now, pay later. After pay down a further 4% today. I'm just checking in, you know, roughly 4% just checking in on the share price. So it's trading around that, um, I think it was about 93, yeah, 95, somewhere around there. I had a good conversation on the call today with June Beilu from Tribeca and uh, Adam Dawes from Sean Partners about the buy now, pay later space. They are still very bullish on it, on the Australian um, names. Now, I know you had a conversation earlier though today with Charlie Aitken from Aitken Investment managers and uh, he is just looking at uh, PayPal and its results overnight and saying, watch out, Aussies. Yeah, described as the least risky way to play the buy now, pay later space. And uh, I did like his remarks when it came to, I uh, asked him, finished off the interview, asking about the growth stocks and the underperformance we've seen recently. And it was kind of like, you know, you, you know when you see the uh, the graphic when it goes to ludicrous mode. Uh, so the way he described it with some of the names and uh, where they were valued in, uh, in February this year, he said like, no, it was extreme ludicrous mode back in February this year. Even with the prices that have come down now, it's kind of like only at ludicrous mode. <laughs> so it's uh, so there's still a You're lot kind of, of guy. So, so it was, uh, he reckons there's still a lot of froth in those names. Hey, that interview is up on the website and the app if you'd like to listen to that. Um, I should mention the biggest 
Corporate news of the day today was Macquarie, big profit, a big profit increase, three billion, big dividend, three dollars thirty-five per share. We got a view from John Lockton from Wilson's Advisories that is available via the show notes. Uh, Macquarie was also the stock of the day. So in keeping with the theme from this week, we covered Westpac, NAB, and ANZ, all of those that reported. And uh, today we did Macquarie. Here is a listen to what Jim Bay and Adam Dawes had to say. Dividends great and also structural growth for this business is incredible. Um, it's at a premium to other banks, but uh, honestly, looking at the result, it's incredible. 12 months ago, so, you know, okay, some people say, oh, there's weakness because they're not giving guidance, very cautious stance. They are being conservative. 12 months ago, everyone expect earning to fall uh, compared to the year before because they had a bumper year the year before. They worry about commodity business and the like. And guess what? They grew 10%. Yeah. Um, so, you know, looking ahead, they said a cautious. So everyone's sort of sitting in that flat line, sort of, you know, zero growth for next year but you know I think Macquarie pull it through and obviously that annuity style business that these guys have got is just obviously paying dividends but the balance sheet is well funded surplus capital uh, dividends there um, you know the banks were only paying out a dividend ratio of sort of 65 percent which they're usually around 80 percent so they're pulling back a little bit but Macquarie's banking unit t1 equity ratio of sort of 12.6 percent that's pretty uh, pretty amazing for and compared to what our big four are doing as well. So look, it's fantastic business. And it is already in the NAB trade Ausbiz portfolio, and so it's staying. In we're, not, there. we're not taking an overweight stance, are we? <laughs> well, I guess that that would be a new rule, right? No, um, they just both see the the growth potential in Macquarie so well run, and you know you can't look past that dividend either. There's actually going to be oodles of uh, AGMs starting off uh, next week as well. So if you're listening out there and you want to get uh, a stock analyzed on the call, make sure you go and put your nomination through via email. Yeah, good plug. And um, Macquarie Conference was just uh, a gem for you know lifting the hood on some of these corporates. June Bay in this episode of the call goes into her takeaways from the conference and how it's morphed over the year. And one big takeaway for her was that uh, a lot of those e-commerce names, the retailers, those reopening, uh, you know, the ones that really did well through COVID and through the pandemic. I mean, the selling that took place off the back of that because, of course, the market is a forward-looking machine and it's clearly not seeing things that are... Forward-looking to a certain degree. Yeah, but I remember so. writing a long time ago about, uh, you know, dangers of extrapolation. So I'm not going to say anything else, but... <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, so that was a big one this week. Uh, look, a lot of what goes on from here on in in the conversation is really coming down to these non-farm payrolls uh, tonight, Scuddy. But as we've seen a lack of interest in equities to a certain degree, not just here, but in the U.S. as well, we're seeing a lot of that Reddit enthusiasm going into crypto, going into Dogecoin. And we've got the Dodge father appearing on SNL this weekend. You're going to be riveted, aren't you? Uh, absolutely not. I, I couldn't <laughs> it's a protest. I, I honestly couldn't care less, to be honest. So it's it's a game. People are going to get ser- uh, seriously burnt. A lot of people made some serious coin on the way up. But uh, I know you're out there. You're dabbling in it, uh, especially after the scale of the uh, the rally we're seeing. We're having a chat with Carl Kappelinger on the show today, and he's put the uh, the daily chart up. And oh my god, it yeah. is it is like so overboard and just it's crazy. Talking about like no ludicrous, like no nth mode. It was uh, looking at the chart. Wowie, um, when we have that uh, that rug pull, it is going to be something to behold. And maybe it'll be exactly when he comes on air on Saturday night or Sunday uh, afternoon our time. Uh, because certainly a lot of people have been buying in anticipation of this very event. Yeah, but that uh, could be the ultimate pump and dump. I saw on Twitter somebody posted uh, p- 
apparently there's you know a Dogecoin army in the states, and going so far as to even you know leave stickers with the 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 the, lo- the logo, you know, the dog, just oh all around makes cities it, and stuff. It makes me want to go and uh, raise like a big uh, big pool of capital and go and start a short fund and just go and annihilate somebody. <laughs> That's what it feels oh, like. Wow. No, just oh, it's, uh, press erase, got him. Just go back thirty seconds. I'm uh, kidding. <laughs> it's like one of those. Yeah, it's um. Yeah, it's right. uh, it's 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 certainly uh, you know, it pretty much sums up twenty twenty one, the last twelve months yeah. in a nutshell, doesn't it? Look, it's been a great week. Uh, I hope you have a great weekend if you're listening out there, and you too, Scotty. We'll look forward to seeing you on Monday. Look forward to it as well, and uh, everyone have a fantastic weekend.